Let's be nerds. I'm your host, Stephen Jay, and I have a full panel with me here today. And we are going to be diving into our passions, our hobbies, our creative interests. And there is a lot of creativity among this group, and there's a lot of passion. And I cannot wait to share this with you guys listening and really kind of look behind the scenes as to what drives us, what makes us happy, and kind of get to know us a little better through listening. I think it's going to be a great experience, and I cannot wait to dive into it. Um, so with me today, I have Lizette. How are you? I'm good. I'm kind of falling asleep a little bit. The holiday season and retail work is nothing to uh, laugh at, but it's been a good day. You are truly on the front lines in the retail industry. I completely understand that. <laughs> Gordon, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. I have a taco bowl in front of me that my uh, parents made for dinner, and I'm just chillaxing. Can't beat that. Dylan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Had a slow day at work. Ready to run my mouth now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure with you, we are lovely Delaney. Miss Delaney, how are you? Good. I'm so excited to talk about my hobby today. Like, so excited. <laughs> I like to think that you bring up uh, yours at any opportunity, and I respect it, and I think people will understand why. Uh, and of course, we have lovely and wonderful Bob and Carmen. How are you guys? Hey. We're doing really good. Yeah. Fresh off the road and <laughs> ready to do some podcasting. I'm ready to hear about everybody's exciting passions. I'm super excited to nerd out with you guys today. I'm so excited, too. I think this is going to be a great one. Um, so if you are not on the Discord server, I'm just, we're jumping right in. If you're not on the Discord server, Dylan has been sharing a little bit about his passion on there. So if you want to join and check out what he's doing and what he's posting, that's a great place to do it. But with that being said, Dylan, I'm going to turn it over to you and tell us about your passion hobby. Awesome. So one of my bigger passions, because it's a long list, like a, uh... Delaney's little introduction post she did about me on our Instagram and stuff like that. Currently, my big one would have to be tea, loose leaf tea specifically, and um, the different ways of brewing it and the different styles and just the large amount of tea that's out there and the vast history behind it. But um, I kind of wanted to start off on asking anybody else here if they're into tea and what may have gotten them into tea. Because for me, it was a big part of Lizette and my grandfather that got me into tea, like drinking bag tea and stuff like that, he would always drink that when he wasn't feeling good or if one of us wasn't feeling good, we were hanging out with him. And it was just one of those things that me and Lizette really bonded over. And then um, bringing in kind of like uh, pop culture and stuff like that would have to be Avatar The Last Airbender. My favorite character from that show would be Uncle Iroh and just the way he described tea and used it as a healing thing always stuck with me. But I, I was, I just, I was curious if anyone else had a, a, a take on tea. 
It's really good. I used good. to be... It is really good. I used to be really into it in college. It was like the bag tea, not so much loose leaf, but like my friends and I would always like scour the store shelves for like, oh, we've got to get this flavor. And then we would just like stay in our college dorms and like on a hot plate, boil water. We weren't supposed to be boiling hot water on (laughs) and and, uh, just drinking tea all night long, pretending to study. (laughs) (laughs) I'm... It's a pretty long history for me. I, uh, my mom was, she always blames it as like it was a pregnancy craving for her when I was, uh, you know, in the hatchery. And so, so <laughs> well, I've now, I've now had a fresh out the womb drinking my tea. And I have to say, she makes an exceptional homemade. It's a black tea that she uses, uh-huh. but she turns it into a Southern style like sweet tea. Oh, it um, is amazing. I've I, had it, yeah. It's yeah. Totally- <laughs> <laughs> I I appreciate that, and I I love that you guys love it because it's kind of like even throughout like all my life, like friends would come over, people would come over, and it was like, where did your mom make tea? And then we had friends from the south come up and visit, and like when you have a southern black lady tell you that this is good sweet tea, you know this is good sweet tea because that right. is that is the southern culture, right? So yeah. I'm pretty sure my mom's tea is like, it's kind of a bonding thing with her and I will like get up in the morning, have some tea, have some coffee, but mostly the tea. And so, yeah, it's kind of I, I, an emotional connection, I guess you could say. Well, I find else want to go before me. I'm sorry, Dylan. No, you're good. I, I find a lot of people started with bag tea, like like Lizette will probably say yeah. where we started. Yeah. So, like Dylan said, our grandfather liked to make it for any of the grandkids when we were sick or if we went over there and he wasn't feeling too good. I also spent a lot of time with our great-grandmother and one of our great-aunts. And um, whenever I was with Nana, I I feel like I was with her like every other weekend when I was little. And I just remember waking up in the morning getting my little self downstairs she'd been downstairs making breakfast um and i would have it was english breakfast black tea and she had the nice like pretty fancy teacup and teapot sets and she would let me pick which one i wanted for the morning the night before i went to bed she'd have the tea sitting down there ready for me she'd have toast and jam and the sugar and the milk out and I was allowed to make it however I wanted so I was like five so it was more sugar and milk than anything but I have some very very fond memories of doing that kind of stuff with her and then our our great aunt um would have just full-on tea parties with all the cousins at her house do you guys remember aunt jay's tea parties my favorite things ever were tea parties I only think I ever invited to one she she made i i couldn't remember if she did it mostly for the girls because like we all also like dressed up like we would get those cheap feather boas and big fancy hats and um she would as heels yeah she would let us go through her old clothes and put on like kind of dress up and everything um i feel like you just unlocked a core memory of mine because you're describing that and i'm like oh my god i did that like with friends like their family used to do that all the time on sunday mornings like well not sunday mornings but it's sundays at some point 
um, yeah. it was a family with a lot of girls. And I just remember they would invite me and my sister over from time to time. And we would do that. We would play dress up and they would make the tea and the fancy teacups and mm-hmm. the little finger sandwiches to come around the table. Yes. Yeah. You just yep. unlocked a core memory. <laughs> yeah. It was this whole big thing. And you know, um, my great aunt, most of her grandkids were boys. So it was kind of the extended cousins, whoever was available. So it wasn't just like my first cousins. It was like second cousins and third cousins mm-hmm. is wh- whoever could come. Um, it was just, it was good times. I, I miss seeing everybody like that. And that's what I think of uh, when it comes to tea is, is good times. Um, for me, it's it was it's always more of like a relaxation um method for me or a help to start my day either i'm either i'm starting my day or winding down for my day when i have it um but also when you talk about good times um i used to have uh or i still do have a very good friend uh that I, but i don't get to see him much but we used to go to chinese buffet all the time and we would like probably drink them out of oolong tea <laughs> And uh, favorite tea. <laughs> what's that? Oolong, it's my favorite. You just made me so happy. I knew I loved you for a reason. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> I, I love it too. I do. And um, you know, just sitting there, uh, eating good food, uh, talking it up with my buddy. It just does remind me of good times. And so, there's a special place in my heart for oolong tea. pretty cool that T is tied to so many like we just unlocked Carmen's core memory Bobby like we we all have like something a little bit I guess you could say like an emotional bond to it it feels like it's a social event for everybody so far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it tea very much is a social event especially if you look at it from the Chinese tea ceremony mm, yeah which I could go into about so much because like like Bobby said, I find when I drink tea, I normally don't start my day with tea, at least not my oolongs and stuff like that. I may do like a quick like green tea mm-hmm. or maybe like an Irish breakfast tea, which is a little stronger than your English breakfast. Mm-hmm. But I always found just the process and the whole experience of making tea to be my favorite part. I have a question and you might oh. touch on this later. But you do the loose leaf tea. Do you do like where you read the tea leaves in your cup at the at the end? So I've I've never done anything like that. So mainly what I do is when I'm making tea, and I can kind of talk about the different types of tea I like to make. I like to make the less oxidized tea, which is the less aged and dry teas. So like your okay. white, your greens, and oolong is really the most oxidized I like to make compared to like your black and red teas. Um. I do the Gong Fu Cha style, which just means in Chinese, great skill making tea, basically. Um, hmm. Gong Fu is the term for great skill. It's where Kung Fu came from. Mm. Like an Americanized cool. version of that. And then Cha is just the Chinese word for tea. Like chai? Yeah, almost like chai, but it's C-H-A, Cha. Okay. But, um... Mm. So the whole point of Gong Fu Cha is there really isn't a set way you have to do it. There's a couple different rules you can follow and stuff like that. My favorite way, and if we want to move to my uh, tea room on Discord if we can, I can drop an image 
of a mm-hmm. Gong Fu Cha set that is pretty much would be your most basic and traditional. Mm-hmm. Loading. But it's pretty much used... There's plenty of tea houses in China and stuff like that are still going, but... So you have your... You generally... You rarely drink by yourself. You'll have at least two or three other people there with you to enjoy. It's a social... It's a social setting. It's something you do for fun. That it's almost great. It's almost like going out to a bar and drinking. But, but without alcohol. But without the alcohol, so you don't get your... It's more um, mind cleansing than it is muddling of the mind, I want to say. Mm-hmm. That's so a great... Have, yeah, that's a great way of explaining it. We have this cup with a lid on it, and that is called a gaiwan. It means lidded cup, is all it means. But that is where you put your loose leaves in, and you pour in your hot water. Mm-hmm. And you basically, you only brew it in about 30 to 40 second intervals. So it's at, a little bit more fresher. Oh yeah, it's a little fresher, and it's more about slowly building up the strength of the tea as you drink through, and getting okay. multiple rinses out of the tea. Oh. And another major part of uh, Gong Fu Cha is your tea pets, which is basically, so the first time you go to brew your leaves, you're doing what's called a rinse. You put in your hot water. I don't like to swirl my cup around. I feel like it disturbs the teas too much and brings out more of a bitter taste. Everyone's different. Basically, you're waking up the tea. You're getting those flavors ready to be released. So it's like a quick 10 second brew of that. And you basically pour it into your cups, into the share cup, so everyone gets the same tea brewed. No one's tea was brewed longer than the other, mm-hmm. which is that little pitcher with a handle. It's called the share cup. I probably should have went to that. Sorry. You would pour your tea into that, and that way the leaves aren't brewing more tea or a stronger tea than what the person before you got. So everyone gets the same cup of tea and can experience the same batch, basically. Oh, wow. Which is why it's called the share cup. I don't remember the Chinese term for it, sadly. Because I generally just I generally do just drink tea by myself. I haven't gotten Delaney to like just about any teas. <laughs> you try them, I give you that. The only thing she'll drink is chai, and that's with enough milk and sugar in it. That's literally what I run on. It's sugar <laughs> <laughs> But, I feel that. Um, so after that first rinse, getting all the cups warmed up and oh, waking up your teaware, you would then pour that useless tea basically onto a tea pet, which is just a little clay statue of just about anything. That's kind of it's like an offering to your spirits, to your family, to your ancestors, and stuff like that. That's my favorite part. I, every time he makes tea, it is. It's my favorite part I just too. Like the little frog one that you have. I have a frog. I have a crab. I actually am going to share Stanley to the chat <laughs> if it'll work for me. I named him Stanley. Oh. He changes color when I pour tea on him. I haven't um had him out in a little bit. Not that one. I'll make sure that all of it gets put on Instagram with our posts so that everybody can see it. Oh, yeah. That's Stanley. He's my little crab <laughs> on a leaf. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, maybe I love him. You <laughs> do have him sitting over there on my tea tray. That's the other thing is you will spill a lot of tea doing Gong Fu Cha. 
so you have to have a tray they have that little tea tray there with the uh filter or with the um slots in it and stuff like that that'll capture all your used tea and stuff like that okay make it easier Uh, for cleanup oh yeah i have two different tea trays yes i have two i have a large one and then like a little travel one is the one pictured yours I do have like three or four travel tea sets and stuff like that. I don't have any good pictures of them. I'll have to get some. But um, I don't know. Gongfu Cha, I find it a lot more relaxing than your Western style or your Japanese style of making tea. Like Real Bobby quick. said, it's the the process of making it. I find it really relaxing. I'll throw on some music or I'll just have like an old TV show on in the back. Right mm-hmm. on these cold winter nights. Real quick, Dylan, Bob just asked a question that I'm curious about, too. Oh, yeah. Is that, that's, no, you're fine. That set is, that's pictured above, is that your set? No, it is not. Um, I gotta see if I can find a good picture of the set I've been using recently. Okay. I'm just curious, like, what your setup looks like. Um, I have a couple different things. So, actually, the tea set I do have, and it was one of my favorite ones... Probably my fanciest one as well is a blue koi fish style tea set. Oh, I love that one. It's so pretty. It's also you the had most me a koi fish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tea set I have. Um, I have to get the hookups for it, but it comes with like a built-in electric kettle, uh, electric pot and stuff like that. But it's all set up for um Chinese wiring and stuff like that. So I have to get like a uh power changer and things like that i just haven't taken the time to do it because i have an electric kettle already it's literally great so i'll come home and there'll be a package for dylan and it's either magic cards or something for his tea sets yeah yeah no no honestly you're a man of simple needs yeah cardboard and liquid (laughs) but um what's everyone's favorite type of tea i'm curious about that who wants to go first? I was just because so mine is oolong. Oolong is my top tea. I will drink that all day, and I will drink it until I die. I haven't really had many teas, but probably peppermint. That's a good one. I was gonna say I, I, I kind of like herbal teas or green tea. I kind of like the lighter side of teas. Okay. Oolong for me, for sure. Oh yeah. I I'm probably basic, but I like black tea. I like orange tea and. There's another one that I'm I'm forgetting, but let's just go with black and orange tea. Those are that orange tea is a thing, right? I'm not making that up in my head. No, it, no, orange tea is a thing. It's uh, that's a whole nother topic. Honestly, is the difference between herbal tea and true tea? Okay. Because all surprisingly, all your uh green, your white to black tea. So you got your white, your green, your oolong, and then your black tea or red tea as they call it in China, all comes from the same exact plant, the same exact bush slash tree. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. And it's all in how long, it's when you pick the leaf, it's how long you oxidize the leaf, which is pretty much dry it out and take the oxygen out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That changes the flavor, the aroma, and just the whole palette of it. Kind of like peppers. Technically yeah. a red pepper and a green pepper are the same pepper. It's just when you pick them off the plant. Oh, yeah. Wow, I had no idea. I literally really did. I just, there was 
like a bush. Like, like there's, <laughs> there's the oolong bush. There's the bush. <laughs> it, it, it all comes from the same tree. And then your herbal teas are technically not even tea at all, but they're um, tinctures almost. And they just kind of picked up the name tea to kind of ease people's like view on it into drinking yeah. it. Oh. They took the witchcraftiness out of it, I think. Pretty much. Tea is still very much a mystical thing to a lot of people. But it's it's getting there. Wow. But um Do we have any other questions or anything like that? I have one. When you and Delaney and Lizette and Drew come up next, can we all like could you I don't know if it's a pain. I don't know what I'm asking. So if it's a pain and you can't do it, I understand. I say, could we like have like a group moment where we like all experience like a proper tea party party? Would you call it a party? I can bring up. So I can actually bring up sugar, Dwayne. Oh, I'm sorry. I just said, Delaney, we'll just give you a bag of sugar. You'll be fine. What's it called? So, like, if you have, if you were to have people over, like, is it called a tea party or is there a name for what you would have? Ceremony, basically, is what they call it. Okay. Do we have a tea ceremony? Oh, of course. Do you want Japanese or do you want Chinese? Because I can do either one. Because the Japanese ceremony for matcha is such a fun experience and thing to do. And matcha is just a great tea if you like the taste of leaves. No. <laughs> why is that well? Because she's obsessed with dinosaurs. Well, does anyone here know what matcha is and why it's such a different tea? Green. No. I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. So matcha is the entire leaf and stem of the tea tree that is ground up into a very fine uh, powder. Okay. And it actually has almost double the um healthy qualities of your regular green teas and stuff like that like double the caffeine which isn't healthy but it you get more out of it than you would from just soaking the leaves in water you had me double caffeine yeah (laughs) it's great i will actually drink a matcha latte over coffee any day and that's saying a lot for the people who know my coffee addiction and what i can consume (laughs) when it comes to coffee it's slightly ridiculous (laughs) <laughs> that reminds me, I bought awesome keto uh, matcha because she wanted to try it and was afraid that I wouldn't want to try it, so I picked her up some and I forgot to tell her about it. It's I'll still sitting in the bag. coffee. That's not coffee. That's just milk and water with a bean like squeezed into it. <laughs> just <laughs> he, he can drink the tea and spill the tea. Um, but I'm hey, much. No, I, I I'm down to try that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, I would love to do that. That'd be really cool. Oh, Lizette, that's the um the matcha latte. It's green oh, tea. Okay. It's the matcha tea with milk and ice. I just, that's it. I, I just needed to know so I could order it tomorrow on my way to work. Oh yeah, ice <laughs> matcha latte. It's she tried it. She liked it. She likes the taste of um leaves. What are you a caveman? Of fresh grass with just a hint of that creamy sweetness. 
from milk. There is no sweetness in that. Yes, there, there is. There is a lot of sweetness in that. And Delaney, you're, you and Gabrielle are also the ones who made fun of me when I ordered the flower-flavored macaroons. So I don't want to hear it. From Wait you. a minute. Flowers to eat. No one told me this. This sounds really good. I eat the candied hibiscus flowers at work we have for a drink. Uh, They're delicious. You and I can order another box and I'll share them with you because you uh, will appreciate them. Most um, definitely. <laughs> More I love the taste of like just flowers and earth itself. It's kind of hard to describe it. I've eaten dirt more than once. <laughs> Not yeah, you weren't an earthbender, were you? No, it's firebender. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> a little <laughs> ironic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have to be able to heat the tea up. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Real quick, for those of you that were listening, Lizette asked in the chat what Dylan's Starbucks order is. So, Dylan, can you say it again for the people that are listening that might, might want to try it? The biggest iced matcha latte they have. You can get it at Dunkin' Donuts. You can get it at Wawa, if anyone knows what that is. And you can get it at um, Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Wawa. Great value sheets. Yes. I'm yeah, pretty much. I'll say that. <laughs> We're not starting that fight here, Stephen. You're right. Sorry. Stephen's different... not wrong. There is no fight. You're going to lose this war. No. Anyway. I just argued Dylan. it on principle at this point, but I have to do it. It is on principle. I get it. Dylan, is there anything else you want to share before we move on? Because I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge of tea with us because it's. You, you're not. I wasn't expecting you to be this educated and this passionate about it. It's so cool to see this side of you. And I can't wait to experience a tea ceremony with you. So, Is there anything else you want to share? Um, Honestly, not off the top of my head. A lot of it is just me waiting for someone to have a question about a certain thing I know. Like Delaney's meme that she shared in my tea room <laughs> is one of the most accurate things she has made of me. If you ever meet somebody I have worked with currently... They will tell you how accurate this is. They will also tell you the amount of times where I've been sitting in the side station waiting for something to happen, and I just go, "Oh, I love this teapot. I better not buy it." And they're like, "Another one? It's a problem." But it's a problem, it's a problem. I love. <laughs> it's a good problem. And I encourage anyone listening to look more into tea and find their tea. That just you. I don't like it when people say there's a, they don't like something when there's such a wide variety of it. That's There's true. so many different types of tea. You just got to find the right one. And sometimes you don't. But I have I have helped quite a few people at work find a tea they like. I actually have a book box that is filled with a bunch of different loose leaf teas that I've collected and I've found that it's just a wide variety of them that I will definitely be bringing with me when we come and visit for this tea ceremony. I would love that. Oh, I can't wait. I encourage anyone that joins the Discord and stuff like that to pop into the tea room, ask their questions, share your experiences. I, I just, as Uncle Iroh said, there's nothing better than sharing a cup of tea with an interesting stranger. And I, I like those to be more than uh, strangers. I love that. That's rad. But yeah, that's all I got. With that. With that being said, if you're set up, uh, all set up, we're going to switch over to Lizette, and you're going to share what you are passionate about. Yeah, um, it's really hard to pick one thing because I have so many hobbies and passions that I like to rotate between. 
because like I'm sure I've mentioned before, I have ADHD, so I never stick with something for an extended period of time. Um, I like to bounce around between hobbies a lot, but one that has been consistent over the years has always been artwork and kind of art projects, things like that. Um, my mom was definitely one who got me into art, so drawing, painting, just making kind of crafty projects. Um, I, when I was in school, I definitely followed like all of the art classes that were available. Um, trying to think of some specific things I can give to you guys that I like to do. I mean, fine art, like um, watercolor paintings is always something that I've loved, but I also Ooh. like doing costume design and like actually making things i love doing clay sculpture i know and dylan you've you've done some stuff like this with me too yeah that was one of the things when we were younger that we actually got along with why you gotta say it like that <laughs> well, no no i'm just saying because there was there's that age gap doesn't matter when we're older and past being kids Yes. But you know do. what I mean? When we were younger. No, I do. I do. A few things we could connect on, and art was a big one. She hated all yes. of us. Like the other day, <laughs> I was hanging out with you. You just pulled out a photo of random things I gave you, and I didn't even recognize it at first. Yeah. Kept that. She threw away my gift that I made. <laughs> she kept like five or six pictures I drew of, drew for her. One of them, only one was good, and it was the one that was a Shiba Inu. All the others were terrible. She threw away the box. <laughs> And you could tell what anime and things I was into at the time by what I was drawing because they all look <laughs> the same. Yeah, we were, uh, I think we were playing magic and we were talking about some tattoo ideas and some other stuff. And you said something about something you had drawn me in the past. I was like, oh, we're actually at the house now. I can, I can show you something. Literally just turned around, knew exactly where it was on the shelf, grabbed a folder, threw it on the table and was like, look at that. Okay, pop up. She's keeping files on you. Oh, of course. She's an all tree deep down. It's still there. <laughs> so Delaney, yours was a duct tape box to put another box inside of, and I loved it very much, and I kept it for a very long time, but I ran out of space. <laughs> for my folder. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was really shocked you kept it as long as you did because it was a crappy duct tape box. I remember that box. It wasn't that yeah, bad. I cried because I was going to give it to her for graduation, and then Ma gave it to her before I could give it to her, and I cried. I was so upset. <laughs> but yeah, so whenever, um, whenever my cousins or my sister, Gabrielle didn't really give me too many things that she made, I don't think. I don't know. I'll get a phone call after she listens to this episode listing off everything she ever gave me, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> well, I do know a lot of us, uh, by a lot of us, I mean every single one of us in this family, whenever we were in an art class, would be calling your mom being, can you put Lizette on the phone? Or, hey, TT, can you help me with this art project? I have a, I have a ocarina that you helped me make. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, Because that. you were the first person I called when, um, I don't remember if it was Dear Kiss or Shinnis from high school that had us do that project. I don't remember which one it was, but I was like... I got a cheat code. Lizad. <laughs> what do I do? And it works. It works. Yes, because. Mine was like the only one that worked. 
because it also involved math, which I'm really good at. It was a geometry problem, and I still can picture Mr. Mark's face when I figured out how to make those things make more noise than any of his ocarinas ever did. He he looked like he was going to drop the thing he was working on. Like, he just stared at me, because it took me two weeks to figure it out. But once yeah. I did, I had it down. I'll have to get a picture and send it to you, because I'm looking right at it. Okay, I'll have to get... Go ahead, Liza. I'll have to get Gabrielle to take a picture of the one I made when I was in high school, because I gave that to her. Because I modeled it after um, the Jack Russell Terrier we had at the time. I don't remember which one you're talking about. What do you mean? I know which one. I can see. I, I'm oh, imagining which one you're your, talking yeah, about. Yeah, you can see it in your head, yeah. Because it was Peanut's head. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just being able to connect with so many of my family members over art projects has been a really, really cool thing over the years. Like, I could go upstairs right now and have... um. I have a painting that I did from one of the, the painting with a twist locations. Are you guys familiar with those up there? Yep. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. lots of those around here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have one down here, and I had gone to one night with um a couple friends, and then a few months later they had another event that my friend was like, oh, I really want to go to this, but it looks like nobody's signed up, and they have to have at least three people to do the class. Mm -hmm. And I showed it to my mom because I, I think it was uh, Van Gogh. Yeah, it was, it was Van Gogh inspired because we were doing water lilies. And it just seemed like something she would like. So I was like, hey, do you, do you want to come with us? And she's like, yeah. So it was literally just me, her, and, my fr and our friend. Nobody else signed up for that class. Mm. And um, I have my painting... After she passed away, I think my, my dad and my sister asked if I wanted her version of it, too. And I was like, you know, no, you guys can keep that one. Because, like, I have mine and I have the memory of doing that painting with her. Yeah. Also, I liked mine better because she did hers very square. She was mad after it was done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, because <laughs> she painted her lilies in, like, a grid. So it didn't look quite as natural as she wanted. And she was so angry afterwards. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, but like you can also walk into um my my dad's house or you can walk into my grandmother's house and they have paintings that she did or, or art projects that she did over over the years like my grandmother has several of her paintings from high school hanging in the house and then at my dad's house um i think she did an oil pastel drawing of the the heron that's in the bathroom. You guys know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Didn't she do the one that's over top the fireplace, too? At my mom and pop ups? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, the that's trees. That's my favorite one she's done. I know, I love yeah, because she loved doing trees. Um, Happy little trees. <laughs> I know, they look kind of gloomy in the one of the living room that my mom has. But... As happy as your mother was at the time with the Alfreys. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, just doing that kind of stuff and then bridging that into doing costume design and um, seeing where I've been able to take those skills, seeing where my sister's been able to take those skills because she got into knitting and she really likes drawing and doing artwork. 
and then our mom taking like the painting and like liking to do kind of craftiness and art with artwork with her hands turned that into business where she was making custom one-of-a-kind purses and just seeing how far those skills carry into kind of other branches of art has been really cool I remember your mom's custom uh, bag business and she had some beautiful designs oh yeah let me um i'll grab a couple pictures and drop them in chat and Bellamy can put them on instagram too if you want i'll i'll grab a couple of my uh my paintings and my artwork things too i'd love that yeah, yeah i don't have a cre- creative bone in my body so i'm always like super intrigued in fact no i can't paint i can't draw to save my life um, I'm just glaring at her right now. I can't paint to draw to save my life. So like, I'm like uberly like impressed and amazed at people who have that artistic ability because I want I want it so bad. It does not exist for me. So I love vicariously living through people that I know who are artists. Real quick, Carmen, you just said you don't have like a creative bone in your body. What was that word you just used? Vicariously. Vicariously. You may not have a creative bone in your body in your hands, but you have a silver tongue. Oh. <laughs> see? 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 I do have a way with words. But anyway, exactly. uh, that is an amazing. Look at the feathers. Look that's at all, that. That's all watercolor. And like um, even the lines, like look at the lines of like the intricacies that is going across the cheeks and just how like. Those so, are single pass lines. You took one take with that, and they are so sh- the the um the lines are sharpie, the feathers and all of like the color and everything is watercolor. Now I do want to tell you something about those feathers because this is just one of my favorite. Um, I did this in eleventh grade, and I was having a conversation with one of my friends while I was doing those feathers. I was painting it like using my peripheral vision I was not I was not watching what I was doing I was looking at her and talking and painting this at the whole the whole time and she was just sitting across the table from me looking at me like what the heck are you like how are you doing that muscle memory and your body was literally that fluid motion like a dancer that created these beautiful flowing feathers that appear as if they're dancing on the paper and it just it just worked and she couldn't like when i tell people that they're all like we we can't believe that um you did that without looking at it it's incredible it looks great yeah yeah Wow. Trying to find a good. Oh, I'll show you. I'm with you, Carmen. Though I'm so envious. I, I know. I'm like I live vicariously as well. Like it's that's the perfect <laughs> word for it. Yes. So I look at that. Of... That's handmade. Like somebody yes. made that. Yes. Stop. Stop. She, <laughs> she made that. That was the one. That's actually the one that I have. She made it specifically for herself. That was going to be her personal bag. Um, she made that. I want to say two or three months before she passed away. Gorgeous. It looks like it's something you could buy in a store. Mm-hmm. Like the quality of it, just looking in that photograph, 
the stitching, look at the stitching going up the actual like strap that would go across the body. It looks solid. It, I mean, like I've seen purses that like are handmade or knitted from people. And I'm like, oh, you can kind of tell that that's a handmade or knitted. Not that that's a bad thing, but you can tell when it's homemade. This doesn't look homemade. This looks yeah. like something you could purchase in a store. It looks sturdy and it, it has that like, oh my gosh. And the fabric itself, like the color choice, they go so mm -hmm. nice with the sparkly and then the solid and it's, and then it's the beautiful. Oil, the oil it's spill. beautiful. Yeah. The oil spill, like rainbow for all the hardware on it and everything. Yeah. She had an entire room in the house full of fabric and all the different hardware she was ordering and all this stuff. She made quite a few things. I'll, um, I still have her Facebook business page up just so that people can look at what she made just kind of as like a memorial to her. Yeah. I'll drop a link for it just in case anybody wants to look because it was some very beautiful, beautiful things that she made. Yeah. What's, I would love to like have people be able to go back and see talent, the, the pure talent she had. Yeah. Yeah, she was very talented. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's pretty much my thing. I, I don't really have any specifics. I realize I'm missing a lot of my pictures of my clay project. So I'll have to see if I can get Gabrielle to run around the house and take some pictures of them for me because they're, they're all over at my dad's house. Yeah. But, yeah, um, that'd be great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And you're insanely talented and... um. I I mean I always knew that, but it's like it's yeah seeing that I'm never not impressed. So we are running a little bit long. So if you're okay, Liza, if there's nothing else you, you want to share, we'll transition. But is there any last things you want to touch on? No, that's that's it for me. Okay. Um, real quick, Carmen, we're gonna we're coming up on our ad break, mm -hmm. but I really want to get into what drives you and i can tell that you're you've got a, f a few things and you're you're a little bit not sure what you want to talk about but why don't you hit us with what you're what you're thinking yeah um so there's no sleep for the wicked apparently no no rest for the no wicked. rest <laughs> no rest for the wicked um so my two things is that obviously thing that I'm still kind of doing is still working out training even though I don't have a lifting competition uh, in the immediate future, it's still off-season training is still just as complex and difficult. So lifting is still very much in my wheelhouse and enjoy doing that. And then there's also um, the other grand project, I guess, the thing that we're finally getting around to, uh, we've had talked about for a while and now we're getting it off the ground running is uh, the podcast, my my very own podcast with my husband and what is that podcast called <laughs> it is called fear embodied that's right well what is those it about uh we kind of touched on it a little bit the last episode but a little bit more in depth um so the podcast itself fear embodied is going to be taking a dive into uh things that may scare us um talking about things that may be monsters or things that we're afraid of um what do they mean what does it say about us as humans 
uh, going to be talking about some stories regarding those monsters, potentially, or those things that we're afraid of. Uh, I've got some ideas to have guests on so we can have a dialogue and a conversation, also talking about them in pop culture and media, and uh, maybe talking about some of our favorite scary movies. I don't know. We'll find out. And that's what's the most exciting for me about this is, you know, rather than just focusing entirely on the history of these subjects or the conspiracy in some cases these subjects we're talking about, you know, what connects us to that? How how have how has humanity uh kept these stories alive for so long and how have they changed and why have they changed and what does that say about us? Uh that's what made me really interested in it. And uh also I just think that uh, Carmen has a, a wonderful gift for uh, drawing somebody in and talking about these things and making uh, the listener just as excited or or interested in these uh, topics as she is. Well, thank you. And I can see it. I just knowing you, I can see that. I did want to just drop one thing. If you are newer to the podcast and you haven't been with us from the beginning, if you circle back and go back to episode seventeen. That was Carmen's first appearance on this show, and that's where she really dives into the lifting aspect of her passions. And I totally encourage you to go listen to that because it was like a really good episode, quite frankly, if I can speak honestly. Um, so I think that's a good place for people that are, you know, joining our show. Go back and watch that one. You'll kind of get like an insider on Carmen. And you get to like see you as the podcast launches. I'm so excited for it. And when we come back from break, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about like the production side so far mm-hmm. that you've experienced. And we'll, I want to just pick your brain a little bit about some things that I experienced that I'm curious if you're experiencing as well. Yeah. But we'll get back to that. But before we do, we have to hear from our sponsor, the wonderful anchor. And we're back. So, Carmen, I want to touch a little bit more on to this journey that you've started with this podcast, because I know it's been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I'm – this is, like, kind of bleeding into what I'm going to talk about. But, like, you're in the planning phases, and that has to just, like it, – it's almost like an electric feeling when you know – something you're creating is going to be like heard and seen by other people. Like, are you experiencing that yet? Like that? Oh my gosh. Like it's nervous. It's like almost like yeah. a combination of, excuse my language, but it's like that stick to your stomach, but excited feeling. Yeah. It's like the, the nervous energy. Um, it's cause it's, I'm nervous. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is actually going to be out there and people are going to listen to this possibly. But then at the same time, mm. there's that excited feeling of, Oh my gosh, this is going to be out there. People are going to listen to this. finally. <laughs> it's, so it's like two, two sides yeah, of the same coin, right? It, it very much so is. And that was kind of one of the first things that I did was, um, when I first started kind of thinking like, man, I think maybe I do a podcast, Bobby and I kind of like, threw around the idea and he was like what do you think you do a podcast on and like the first thing that popped up in my head was like well I want to talk about monsters and he's like well what do you mean um like what do you mean talk about monsters like what they are like read a story about them and I was like no like I want to talk about like what do they say about us I want to dive into the psychology part of it and he's like okay 
well, like, why don't you come up with, I don't know, I forget how many you told me at first, like 20, 20. 20 organic episode shit, like ideas. And um, I think I ended up coming with like 24 possibly, mm-hmm. like just off the top of my head of what I could potentially talk about. And from there, we kind of thought about how are we going to make this, you know, logistically, how would we make it? So we're still kind of in the planning stages. I'm still doing the research phases. Um, I'm honestly more concerned and worried about, and I, I shouldn't even say concerned and worried, but like the anxiety is I'm more anxious over the episodes where it'll just be us, where it's me and him talking versus the episodes where I may have a guest on with me. I feel that having a guest may kind of take some of the pressure off of me and it's another voice I can bring more to the discussion and more to the conversation when I talk about these monsters and the fear. Um, I'm worried about being solo in a sense. And I've said that to him before and he's like, you're not really solo. Like I'm there with you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm producing the show and making sure that, uh, you know, uh, it sounds the best it can be. And also, you know, doing uh, the best that, uh, we can for promotion and, you know, and creating visibility for the podcast, which you've done an amazing job. You and Tiff, thank you. Oh, well, uh, you know, that was a collaborative effort. Uh, you know, Tiffany is just an expert, uh, videographer and, uh, she just really knocked it out of the park. And, uh, I came up with a score that really just kind of helped set the tone, breathe some life into it. And, uh, it came out great. But what I was saying was, is that, uh, you know, I'm doing all those things, but I'm still on the show with you, but I'm not exactly the host. No, so. you're not. I feel that pressure of being the host when there's nobody else there with me. So, Bob, your role is going to technically be like an on-air producer. Yes, like that's you're going to be your voice. Your voice will be heard. Like you will be present. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, and there's definitely certain episodes that I'm having him take the realm, like that the lead, the lead, because it's stuff that quite frankly, just scares the shit out of me. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not that I won't be a part of those episodes. It's just I have a different knowledge of them. He is far more advanced and knowledgeable about that topic that it would it would suit him well to be the host and the lead anchor for that topic. I say guest host, I think, would be a good one. Lead ho- anchor is what I'm going with for that oh, day. Jeez, all right then. <laughs> I'm Bobby Dub, and on tonight's Fear and Body. <laughs> well, um, so just to share experiences, when I first launched, I had a very good support team around me, and it, it came to one of those situations where I had to get my story. Well, it wasn't my story; it was Kevin Bacon's story. I had to yeah. get it out there, and I, at that point, retained. Essentially, this person would never take the credit for it if they were in this conversation because I, I can hear them now saying, oh, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But they essentially stepped in as an off the, off-air the producer. And like when the comments started coming in and the numbers started to come in and it, was, it became like an obsession. And mm-hmm. I guess the best – because like right now I'm in a position where I have – I have stuff recorded. I have stuff ready to go, but because of coming onto a collaborative effort, I'm now. It's almost like I've backtracked or backslid, where 
I, I'm now hung up in like the, oh, it's only me. And I, I feel mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety with that. Yeah. And I guess my best advice for you would be to, to do it the way you're doing it. Because although that person was incredible and they were, like I said, they would never take credit, having somebody to lean on is not a bad thing. And this yeah. person, because of their job, just they were not able to put themselves out there. Yeah. They, like, we would be in a situation where I'd be like, I can't, I can't look at the numbers anymore. And I would like give my phone away and be like, yeah, answer people. That's an important part of this. And yeah. the fact that you're the face of it, never, never feel guilty for leaning on someone else because it's a lot of pressure and it, and I feel like this show is going to really take off. And I just, I guess my best thing is, is like, keep this energy and whatever you have to do to preserve the excitement that you have, it's not out of bounds to ask for help because yeah. when you, when you fall out of that, like, you know, into that turtle and like in your own head kind of thing, yeah. it's, it's actually self-defeating. And this, I truly can feel that you're passionate and you're excited and that's what is going to make it successful. So whatever you have to do to keep that passion alive, preserve it and run with it because I think it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Good, honestly, good advice because that's a bad habit of mine in general is doing as much as I possibly can to the point of exhaustion because I don't yes. want to ask for help. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be a bird kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I'm the one that's the helper. How does the helper ask for help? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a big lesson for me in that aspect. Because that was honestly the first thing was I didn't know how to get started with doing a podcast. Um, That's where Bobby came in, that he has that background knowledge of it. Mm -hmm. It's important to lean on people. And I I think I can speak for the collective group that you have us. And like, if there are bad days, if there are good days, even if you just need a vent to somebody that, you know, we're all now 30 plus episodes into this show, wherever the people have joined, we kind of get it. So you have a whole team behind you that just wants to support you and see you succeed. And I think that's the whole show is about is sharing our passions, sharing our experiences and just like helping, you know, when you, when you're down in the, like you're at the finish line, but you can't quite cross. Well, we're going to push you to the end. Yeah. I I really, I really think you've, you're going to do amazing with this. Thank you. I I think we're going to do amazing is yeah. Um, I'm just one part of it. But a very big one. Well, sure, but there's other big parts of it. It's not just me by myself, and I don't want to take all the credit for it. I feel like you and Tiff, that video you made, seriously just hyped the crap out of it. And now I've got the, like, imposter syndrome in my brain thinking, like, man, am I going to live up to, like, how cool that video was that they made? (laughs) (laughs) And And I think think that you will. But I I agree, and I 100% think you will, but a, imposter syndrome in this is very real. <laughs> it's because real. Because I, so like, the, the story that launched, you know, whatever for me, mm-hmm. I went through and like, nothing hit, and then a trailer for a video hit again, and it got ridiculous views, and it intimidated mm-hmm. me, and I'm like, I'm not the person that should share this. It, your mind will spiral. The, yeah. The best thing is, Carmen, is talk to somebody because you may not think that people will understand, 
but they do. And you're going to kill this. And there is nothing stopping you. I'm just, everything I heard, lean on your people. I will. I for sure will. I'm so excited. Thank um, you. So for those of you listening, Fear Embodied, you can find them on Spotify. Uh, you can find them on Apple. They're going to be releasing soon. Go on YouTube. Go to Fear Embodied Pod and check out the trailer. It's I'm so excited. We are too. Thank you. Thank you. With that being said, Bobby, why don't you talk to us about what you got going on? Well, aside from uh, helping Carmen with uh, the Fear Embodied podcast, um, just a quick recap of my origin story is that uh, I've been a musician for most of my life, and uh, I was in a band uh, right out of high school called Dub Missive, and that was kind of a uh, uh, extension of the music I was really into, uh, which was reggae and punk and ska and hip hop. And uh, still to this day, those are my favorite genres. And um, I had to take a little bit of a hiatus uh, for a couple of years. Uh, everybody in Dub Missive uh, amicably went their own ways and we're still uh, very good friends and we all love and support each other. But uh, now I'm ready to get back into making music and uh, making the album that uh, I've always wanted to make. And I'm going to do that under the name Titans of Summer. I'm very excited about it. I'm hyped. I can't it's, wait. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, it's, it's so, so I'm still doing uh, those kinds of uh, sounds. But instead of having, uh, you know, like, okay, well, this is clearly going to be the punk part. And then, oh, this is the ska part or the reggae part. You know, I want to make a more cohesive sound so that the listener isn't even thinking about the genres that are unfolding as the song goes on. It's more of like, how does this make me feel? Oh, this song makes me want to dance. Or, oh, wow, I really like that line. I know what he means when, when he says that. Uh, it, it's just more of a, I want it to be very stylistically different and freewheeling, but in a way that they're just focusing on the song rather than the genres themselves. I gotcha. And then, of course, with a name like Titans of Summer, I do want to have a sense of theater uh, behind like all the releases and things like that. Anything from the artwork to the you know uh, promotional photos and any you know accompanying videos. I want that. I want it to sound or look uh, like the Titans of Summer. Mm -hmm. Well. If I can speak freely, here's personally, as your friend of many years, this is why I'm excited. I've seen you perform on, with Dub Missive. I've seen the talent that you have. I've seen what you bring to the table. I am so excited for this because essentially, like this whole episode is about passions. And you truly did have to kind of put your passion on pause to essentially be everything to everyone. And that's kind of your character trait, Bob. Like you're a very emotionally available person. You're always the first one to call when there's a crisis or there's something wrong. You're, you've always been that. And I think that you took this time off and you're coming back into the fold in this whole thing. And I'm just, I'm so excited because I, there's been so much of life that has happened because that's what you were doing back in Dubmissive. You were writing like 
what you felt and what you saw and your experiences. And it's like, there might be a gap in time, but there's going to be so much good music that comes from that. And it's going to come from your soul and it's going to be epic. Like the name Titans of Summer commands. Mm-hmm. I, it's quite frankly, I, I never knew if you would, would get back to this passion in the back of my mind. I've been hoping and praying. And the fact that it's actually happening is something that I'm, I'm so excited for and so, so supportive of because this is, this is how I know you. And to see you get back to that form, it's like, what's the Dragon Ball Z meme? Like, this is my <laughs> final form or whatever. That, that's what I feel like it is. It's like, you're, you're finally ready to come back and you yeah. it's not even I'm, so much I'm not, like not going to get emotional <laughs> no. it's not that everybody took like the hiatus just because they want to take the hiatus you know it's just kind of hitting that stage in our lives where we were getting married having kids and that was kind of the focus for a lot of you know you guys mm-hmm. for a while then it was that next stage and so now we've kind of come to that stage of that stage where we can get back to who we were again like to like mm-hmm. redefine yourself as something other than just being husband or dad or brother or whatever the case might be you're being able to we've we've leveled up in a sense that we can redefine ourselves again absolutely you know uh first off buddy thank you for the kind words it's just incredibly humbling uh to hear them and uh but yes uh i too thought like just when you get so preoccupied with you know, marriage, family, career, uh, you don't know if you're going to get back to that. But the desire was always there. And uh, it was just, uh, it was actually after a um, a cameo that Carmen had uh, <laughs> ordered for me from a uh, a great guy named Howie Spangler. And he fronts a band called Ballyhoo, um, which uh, plays very similar music to that of Dubmissive. Mm, and, very. Uh, they were kind of ramping up at the time that we were really active too. And I feel like if the missive would have stayed on that course, we probably would have collided with each other and cross paths. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, anyway, um, I've uh, become a big fan of that band. I've uh, met them a couple times and then Carmen got a cameo for me, basically uh, giving me a push to, uh, you know, take that step back into the musical world and you know since that and uh, was that was that a birthday present it was a birthday birthday present present. okay so we're actually just passing the year mark of that cameo last year yeah it was two years no it it was just last year just last year and you know since then um you know i've completely stepped on the gas i've you know taken uh songwriting courses because i i feel like no matter how long you've done something um you can still be a student of it. And in fact, if you're not a student of it, then you're really not growing. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Mike Myers, great guy. He has a uh, a songwriting course called Songwriting for Guitar. And it's like this multifaceted uh, one-on-one coaching. There's also um, Zoom sessions with uh, uh, where he's doing live instruction, and then there's uh, an accompanying podcast. It's 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 the full uh, scope of things, and and, and quite a great academy for anyone that is either wants to get into songwriting 
has never done it before or somebody that's been doing it for a while and wants to expand their craft. Yeah. Um, you know, that really helps. And, and that, that was uh, huge for you. I it, feel like that really ignited your creative flame after you took that. Cause you even tossed it, in a round of like, you know, should I do this? Is it going to be worth it? Am I going to like it? It was all virtual. Is it going to be okay for me? And then well, I was just intimidated more than anything, if I could be honest, because you know, from when I was writing music and being in a band last and then taking that time off, literally everything had changed about how bands write and record, how bands uh, market themselves and yeah. what a band needed to be successful. And I just felt like when I sat down with the guitar for the first time and I said, OK, I'm going to get back into this. I was like, what, what's a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt I felt like I was learning how to play my instrument all over again. Um, you know, you also have to get back into into what I call uh, fighting form. You know, because it's uh, you know playing guitar is a very physical thing, mm -hmm. and your your hands and your arms and everything, your fingers are all conditioned to play and play for a long time. And if you, if you don't do it for a while, you have to build that stamina back up. So it was like building that stamina, you know, kind of getting your brain back in that creative mode, trying to plug back into that. It was just, all of it was so overwhelming. And that course really helped me get back to it. And one of the best things he said to me is like, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know, but I want to show you a couple of things that I think are going to help you expand on what you do know. And that was so relaxing and so inspiring at the same time. Yep. And I owe a lot to him. And I, I tell him that all the time. So, Mikey, if you're out there, <laughs> thanks, brother. Because, uh, you know, now I'm just, uh, I'm just ready for whatever may come. And that's, you know, even beyond Titans of Summer, that's, you know, writing music for hire if someone needs a guitar part or a full song um, or a bed of music or a jingle. You know, I, I'm ready to tackle it all. And, um, or a podcast or a podcast. Yes. Podcast themes. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's a very exciting time and, uh, it's, it's just given me like this whole, uh, rejuvenated. Yeah. Uh, you get, you, you get excited for like, like, Hey, I'm going to go downstairs and work tonight. Like, okay, do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's one of the best things to see is when someone can finally take their passion and their hobby and just run with it in the way you're doing and like just keep full steam ahead. Like I'm yeah. excited to see where that goes. Like I don't, I don't know you very well, but I'm super excited to see how this unfolds. Thanks man. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm hoping to start releasing songs um, under Titans of Summer. Uh, and also want to mention I'm doing it with uh, my best friend, Joe, uh, who was in Dub Missive with me, too. So we're going to be like uh, built as a musical duo. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that we're going to be releasing probably uh, in March. I, I would like to do our first song in March and then release a song every couple of weeks thereafter. And then the goal is by the end of the year, uh, compile all those songs and hopefully take pre-orders for a vinyl. Oh, wow. 
Uh, I'll definitely be pre-ordering that. <laughs> I'm here for that. Is enough to just... I'm excited. Just, I love that name. It just invokes an image and a feeling in me that I just love. That's awesome. Thank you. It's a great name. It's a great name. It's a great name. It is. I'm sorry. It commands power. It's epic. (sighs) One of the most important things and just sticks your name up higher than other bands. Because it has a serious tone to it, but then it it invokes such an image compared to other things. Well, um, how I came up with the name was I thought back to the time when uh, I was in Dub Missive and, you know, everybody that was in that circle, you know, we just all felt, um, you know, an energy that uh, that none of us could really describe. But, you know, we were all brothers and we were having the time of our lives and, you know, doing and experiencing things that uh, most people don't get the chance to do. And it, it made us feel larger in life in a lot of uh, a lot of ways. And of course, you know, the best time of the year was always summertime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we just felt like the Titans of summer. Yeah. And so I, I think it's, a, you know, it's expanding on that feeling that I had back, you know, in my first band, I was in that band for 13 years. Uh, you know, and I got to do it with everybody that I had, uh, you know, went to high school with. And it was it was just it was an amazing experience, certainly one of the best of my lives. And um, I just want to expand upon that and take it to a higher level. I think you're it's doing a call- it. It's a callback. The missive may never be on stage again. But it's a callback to that era, to like where you are today, and I love that as somebody that witnessed you guys performing live and saw the power and what you guys had to bring. I love that it's like it's kind of paying homage to uh-huh. that phase. It, it is, <sighs> but yet it's also taking it to heights that it's never been before. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you've leveled up. I love that expression. Leveled up. (laughs) Type of name that for you it'll have echoes of the past, but for anyone that's new to it, it just screams of more glory for the future. Yep. Oh man. Thank you. it, it, It holds it holds value in your heart, which pushes you to do better and just put more heart and feeling into everything you make for it, which will drag in newer people and just new groups that will feel that energy. They may not know where it's from, but you know where it's from. That's what matters. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's that's the journey. Yes. (laughs) You said it like that. (laughs) I love it. We're leaving it in. Too serious. I can't have that. Nope. <laughs> I say, that was really, really well said, Dylan. Dylan, that was beautiful. Yeah, I, thank you, thank you all so much. Really, um, just giving me the opportunity to talk, uh, opportunity to talk about it, and uh, I can't wait to share uh, what we're coming up with with everyone. I've heard well, some of the tracks, and so far they're fire. That's all I have to say. Listen. You don't get to brag about getting the insider look. <laughs> you don't get I to do that am, to me. <laughs> I am allowed to brag because I hear them. And 
the the stuff that you guys are working on right now is just like even in its primitive format and i know it's not like primitive so to speak but it's not like you know the final cut you don't have all the tracks laid you don't have the vocals on there and stuff but like what it is just even the music in and of itself has this like ability to create these emotions and memories and feelings it invokes such a it's provocative it gets the people going <laughs> it's that soul grabbing yes and it's just music right now like that's all it is is just the music there's nothing else with it it's just music and it's awesome well th thank you sweetheart i really appreciate that you're welcome um and then uh the other thing I'm working on is I also am going to be building out my YouTube channel. Um, that's at Bobby Dub Music, as long uh, as well as all my other socials. If uh, anyone wants to check me out, but uh, the YouTube channel is actually going to showcase um, acoustic covers of songs that I really like, and uh, they're not all going to be like big hits that everybody knows. It might be you know a deep track of. Uh, of an artist that I like, but people that are into the same genres as me, they'll probably recognize it and appreciate it. And I'm doing this twofold is one, you know, to just, uh, it's kind of like the version of playing live now, yeah. you know, where, uh, I don't get to do that. I don't have a full band or anything like that. And, you know, I get to get that feeling of performing live by doing these live acoustic covers. And then, uh, also too, um, this is also part of the songwriting journey is, is, you know, playing songs that you like, learning how they're constructed, you know, kind of just adds to the well of of your songwriting abilities. And then you, you can pick up little things along the way of like transitions and structure and things like that. So it, it's a very integral part of expanding the craft, if you will. I love that. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. I'm, I can't, I got to contain myself. I'm so excited. Uh, so for those of you listening, uh, you can find, we're going to plug everything, uh, Titans of Summer on Instagram. Um, our wonderful social media manager, Delaney, is going to be following that page and we're going to be reposting as stuff comes out. So whether you go follow them now, look for them on the in the future on our page. We're going to just be sharing, and I'm just so excited. Between Fear Embodied and Titans of Summer and Bobby's YouTube page, I'm just so excited because I think this is truly like become a creative zone where we're all kind of in this phase of life together, where we're producing content and we're on this journey together, and we're in like different avenues, but we can all relate to each other and we can we all are pushing for the same goal to like share experiences and passions and that's why this episode is so important and having that sense of community is so big so you know uh being on this show and talking about you know the things that we love the, the quote-unquote nerdy things but also you know we're all creatives to an extent and that's who i want to associate with i want to be around people that are that inspire me and uh you know everybody every cast member on this show inspires me and uh i want to seek out other creatives like i talked about uh my friend tiffany edwards uh who did the video videography for the trailer you know she is uh very inspiring to be around and work with 
and uh, she's a great collaborator. And, you know, so I'm fully encouraging her on her journey as well, too. And I hope that someday you'll have her on the show because I feel like she'll have uh, so much to say. I've been DMing with her. I know Delaney's interacted with her. Um, I, we have a little, and I think you guys maybe saw it. We have an episode idea kind of geared towards women empowerment as far as women in the auto business. And then also I want to deviate and talk about this creative side of herself that she just kind of dropped a bomb. Like I, I was so <laughs> shocked and impressed. It was, it was incredible. So we're definitely in talks and I really want Tiff on here on in the season two fold because she has an incredible story and you're right, Bob. She, she has been my number one fan from YouTube to this podcast to anything she's, and I hate to use the word fan because that, that, that sounds degrading. She is just, it, she's just, just, yeah, supportive. Like she's just been in my ear like, hey, love what you're doing. Keep it up. You're, you've got this. Like when I had moments where I doubted myself for whatever reason, it was like she had an intuition and she would know and she'd shoot me a message and be like, hey, miss you. Keep doing what you're doing. Love it. And she had no idea how much that affected me and meant to me. Like this, yeah. this woman needs to be elevated because she's such a good behind the scenes person where she's like the most supportive, but she also needs to be recognized for her natural talents. Absolutely. Uh, creatives supporting creatives. There's no more important thing. And, you know, she is uh, definitely a rising star in, in our little local creative community. I couldn't have said it better. That's all I got. Again, uh, thank you, everyone, for just uh, giving me the time to speak on it. That's the whole, that's what we're here for. That's the whole point, you know. With that being said, I do want to translate, translate, transition to the wonderful Delaney, because you have something very cute to share with us that you're passionate about, and. I love to hear about it. So take the floor. Okay. So my passion slash hobby, I'm going to say, is quite a bit different than all the other ones that we've talked about. Um, I am really big into dairy goats. Um, I have my own herd. Um, I have about 35 of them at the house right now, I think. 36. Um, now, if you guys... Let me find a picture. So here's the babies. I'm going to drop it in chat real quick. These are some of the babies that I have right now. And so all of them will grow to be about 200, 250 Whoa. Now. That's a lot. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I have about 30, 35 total at the house. Um, so I raise them, I bottle feed all of them, so they all live in my house for the first few weeks of their lives. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, my house gets pretty crazy. <laughs> that one's almost as tall as you. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> they literally come up past my hip. It's great. I love them so much. Um, I'm constantly all over them, hugging and kissing them. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Are they the kind that when they get scared, they faint and fall over? No, they're not. Um, Aww. Those are cute too, though. Yeah. (laughs) I actually got into these my freshman year of high school. Um, 
So I, we had goats when I was little, and my dad, once we got rid of all of them, my dad was like, we're never getting any more goats. I'm done with them. We're done. We're not going <laughs> to Freshman year of high school comes, and I'm like, we were going, I took animal science because I'm really big into agriculture. That's, that's my passion is agriculture. And um, so I was in my animal science class, and we were going over types of goats. So these are Nubian dairy goats. And um, I don't, you can probably see in the pictures their long ears. Mm-hmm. That is my all-time favorite part of them. I saw them, and I went home, and I was like, Daddy, I need dairy goats. I need them. And he was like, no, we're not getting them. We're not getting them. So he was sitting on the couch, and I literally, like, threw myself on him. And I was like, I need goats. <laughs> and he was like, okay, fine. You can get, like, a few. And <laughs> has turned into 35 i heard <laughs> yeah but it's like at least i do things with them so um these are all show goats so i show them um i've been all up and down the east coast pretty much showing these guys um one of my favorite shows is actually in massachusetts that was oh, wow fun. yeah that one's really fun that's the biggie um there i i don't know i've showed and get so many like huge herds um I have a ribbon wall, pretty much, that I have, what would you say, Dylan, probably over 40 ribbons? I want to say close to, like, 50-something, because if we don't look at the wall, we look at the amount you have just on your door, which makes it almost impossible to open your door. (laughs) Yeah, you really can't see one whole wall in my room, because it's covered in ribbons from these guys. So, like, how do you get judged? Is it, like... So it's all, so since they're dairy goats, um, their udder and like the milk production is a really big part of it. Okay. So the one that I've sent the most pictures of, she has like the best udder in my herd pretty much, which sounds really good. She's Um, the mother udder. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Sorry. I will milk this for what it's worth. <laughs> okay, we're done, Dylan. You're done. You're done. <laughs> um, but so they judge them. Um, so there's multiple breeds of dairy goats, and each of them have like defining qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys are known for their size and their ears. Actually, their ears are really what they're known for. They're cute ears. No, I love them. Um, they look like they're soft and fluffy. I wouldn't say they're fluffy. Like, they can be very soft, but they're really not fluffy. Like, velvety. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when I they're can baby. Yeah. Aww. But, um, so they judge them, like, on their udder, their feet, like, how well, like, they're built and stuff. Okay. Um, so I essentially, I walk into a ring, and I've competed against, like, I could be the only goat in the class, or I could have, like, 15 other goats in the class. Okay. It varies, like, where, what part of, um, like, what state I'm in, pretty much. But so, uh, I essentially, I walk in a circle, and mm-hmm. then they will tell us to stop and set them up so we get to place their feet so that they're in, like, the correct position to, like, show off the goat. Okay. Oh. And then they'll, like, pick from there, and um, um, I do showmanship. Where I'm judged and the goat's not. I'm just judged on how well I can handle my goat and maneuver with my goat. Okay. Oh. 
that one that one's nerve-wracking I get very nervous in that one and like I hate it but I love it at the same time if that makes sense mm-hmm. haven't you judged a um kids show before I did this year I did get asked to judge the um showmanship part of the dairy goat show at one of our um county fairs that was pretty wow. fun yeah, I've been in goats for five, six, six years, six years now. now. Six, and I'm only 19. If, if you want to Impressive. talk about your family. What? Uh, being in the goats and stuff like that has uh, led Delaney to make quite a few friends I never thought she would make. Wow. I do. I, the goat world is like one giant family. Like, that's the only way. <laughs> like... We're all very competitive with each other, but at the end of the day, like, we could go to dinner and we'd be perfectly fine. Like, we love each other. But like, I can understand I ha- that. I feel that way with the with competing and powerlifting, too, is, like, you want to see each other do good, but then you secretly want to win at the same time, too. Yeah, exactly. So I have to ask, like, this seems like a little bit of a niche, niche community, like, are you like really well known within the goat world? Like, are you like a mild like celebrity? Like, is, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I don't feel like a lot of people are in this industry, and you're clearly doing well, and you clearly have a natural like a, a kinship with them. Are you like kind of goat famous? So okay, so it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the dairy goat industry is a dying industry. I will not lie. Um, Mm. That's one of the main reasons I got into it. Now, I was really big in FFA in school. So that's future, the future farmers of America. Mm -hmm. Um, That was super, super big in that. And that's really kind of what kickstarted my whole project here. Um, And so I did a whole um, science fair project on the dairy goat industry, actually. And it is dying very, very quickly, and it is something that should not be dying because of all the good that, like, goat milk has for people. Um, I make soaps and lotions out of the goat milk. And cheese. And I've made cheese. Um, okay. Goat cheese is nasty. It's really not. You probably haven't had the right kind. <laughs> mm, I've had a lot as a cook. I've had a, quite a few different brands. But anyway. Um... So, in Delaware, if anybody is looking for a Nubian, which is what I have, everybody automatically sends them my way. Oh. So, you're, like, state-known. Yeah. And, um, so our Facebook page, I have a really big Facebook page right now. Um, and because I show all over the East Coast, pretty much, um, I have people that have bought goats from me, um, that have been, like, like, north from us um we've driven out to ohio to drop goats off um let's see what else i've had goats shipped to me from oregon we wow. like we like road trips too so we've driven quite a few places to pick up goats for me we to tennessee uh-huh. yeah we went to ohio and tennessee and kentucky all in one trip and oh indiana my god and india yeah um my dad and my mom actually drove to missouri for me I didn't get to go on that one, but they went for me. Um, and I have go- or I had a goat from Georgia. Uh, I love them. Wow. That's great. They're 
they're just great. They're literally dogs. Like, that's the only way to explain it. <laughs> and so when they're little, they'll scream, and it literally sounds like they're saying mom. Aww. When you walk out of the front door of our house, my, um, the boy's pen is, like, right at, right outside the door. And they see me, and they come running over, and they're, like, all over the fence trying to get me to touch them, but they stink because they're boys. They're gross. So I leave them. <laughs> and then I go mess with the girls, and, like, the girls are all over me. They're all at the fence screaming for me. It's great. I love it. Um, I think the babies are probably my, be- like, my favorite part, though. Because they just, they run and they jump and they, they like, do flips. I'll have to see if I can find some videos for you guys because they'll literally flip themselves over and, like, take off running after the other one. <laughs> My mom has videos of me running across the yard and, like, 10, 10 or 15 babies following me. <laughs> I need to see all of this. Alright, so I'm going to ask a question that is probably inappropriate. So the photo you posted of you kissing the goat like right above the nose. Uh-huh. Is that his wiener or his udder? That's her udder. That's a girl. <laughs> oh, it's a girl. Okay. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. No, no, that's fine. So all the ones that I've sent and that I'll that's post. That's an aggressive udder. That's a very <laughs> aggressive udder. Yeah. So she, <laughs> before I take them to the show ring, it's called, they bag up. So I don't milk them for like 12 hours so that they're extra full and that's why it looks like it yeah Uh, yeah. but that so that one is juniper she's the same one that i've sent all three pictures that is my first like baby that i got i got her as a bottle baby she lived in the house Mm. she had full room of the house (laughs) oh my goodness she's spoiled (laughs) like without a doubt that is my heart goat right there like that's my best friend. Oh my god. Did she sleep in bed with you? Um, she didn't, but I have a picture of a the goat that we picked up in Georgia. She slept in the hotel bed with me. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. How did you get that in the hotel? <laughs> so the receptionist was so excited. My mom was like, um, I know it says like dogs and cats are allowed, but are we have a goat and she was like oh my god yes bring it in bring it in i don't care <laughs> <laughs> break it break in hotel rules here i thought you were gonna like put it in a trench coat and like try to pass it off as a brother i was gonna say like put it pass it off as a brother wait that wasn't a dig that was a Wait, what did Dylan say? I didn't hear him. It would have looked just like me. Oh, okay. He said it, not me. That was not no, what I was implying. Dylan causing trouble. Of course. <laughs> oh my. Well, Delaney, you look so happy in these photos. I, I this is truly what pursuing a passion looks like. Yes. <sighs> and a unique one at that, which makes it very cool. Mm-hmm. I have so many photos. There's probably over 2,000 photos on my phone of just the goats. I take selfies with them every day. <laughs> Not gonna lie. But, I mean, in the age of an abundance of selfies, I think these are acceptable selfies. I'm gonna just venture and say that. I mean, it's no different than, like, you know, 
us with our son taking, you know, pictures and selfies with him on a daily basis. It's just good memories. Yeah. Well, you're caring for a living, breathing thing. And, you know, you're raising them from, you know, goat infancy to, you know, through adulthood. You bond with these animals. And we all know how close, you know, dogs can get uh, to our family or cats. You know, why can't goats or pigs or whatever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, so this last picture that I just sent is me teaching a little girl that I met at one of the state fairs that I go to. She wanted to learn how to milk a goat. Oh my uh, god. So I get I get a lot of little kids that want to learn how to milk goats and it is it's one of my favorite like I know I have a lot of favorite things. But this is one of them because I really really wanted to be an ag teacher. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was what I wanted to do. Um but that goal has changed. But so this right here, this gives me a chance to teach about something that I'm passionate about and something that I wish everybody could get to experience. Yeah. So I get a lot of like, I get even older people that want to try milk. I have pictures of people and me standing next to them, teaching them how to milk. Um, I have pictures of Gabrielle and our other cousin, Heather learning how to milk and they like oh. look so excited in them it's great <laughs> so when you come up dylan has to bring his tea set you have to bring a goat <laughs> yeah, we're doing it all in one day on the house bobby what? will bring the music yeah we'll have a whole party we're renting out the room we'll lead a uh, weightlifting instruction Sure. Oh, we could get some fitness in i'll make you yoga. i was gonna say dylan gordon you have to cook for us I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll be fitting <sighs> this pizza in our mouth. No, I refuse <laughs> to make – after the last couple of days at work, I don't want to make anything to do with pizza. Oh, that's I right. Even... I sore subject. Sorry. No pizza. I didn't even make pizza when I got home, and I always make pizza when I get home. No pizza. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fitting these tacos in our mouth, guys. I was going to say, you I have tacos, to try Gordon's yes. tacos. Yes, Gordon's tacos are fire. Okay, so we have a game plan. It's great. Yeah, sounds good. Why is that can read us a book? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I was no, expecting her no. and Drew to teach us she's about magic. Do a, what, she's going to do a live, uh, a live, um, a still life painting of us while oh. we're at a tea oh. ceremony. Yeah. I would love that. And then we have to play Magic the Gathering with Drew, or we have to play some kind of card game with Drew. Dungeons and Dragons. It'll be a whole day event. It'll be like a three day event, guys. You Honestly. throw Mario Kart in there and I'm in. <laughs> I, hey, I don't, I mean, I'll steal a Switch from Walmart. <laughs> That, that might be incriminating. Yes. I was gonna say I don't know if I would say it on the podcast. I'll just go I mean, like see if it's in my parents' um, basement. In, in, in game, in game, in game. All right. So to wrap up, Delaney, real quick, is there any last things you want to touch on before we move on? Or because I'm so th- thank you so much for sharing this. I had no idea how invested you were into this. I'm I'm so invested. It's it's. It's a, it's a, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's pretty bad how invested I am. I love um, it. No yolk, you'll definitely have to bring up some uh, goat cheese. Yes. And a goat. My mom will figure it out. She'll love it. She'll be petting it by the end of the night. A it's goat? Fun. Be coming home. <laughs> <laughs> My mom will have that goat, like, you know, drink by the earth. Uh, sweet tea by the end of the night it'll be fine <laughs> she'll be she'll be holding the goat in her lap in the recliner feeding it a bottle while we're all downstairs 
show all the Being lights hoodlums. off. Yeah, show all <laughs> the lights off, mood lighting, playing lullabies. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yes. I mean, I put sweaters on them, so. Yeah, do you think oh I'm joking? God. But, like, I can see your mom doing this. I'm not oh, kidding. Yeah. No, she would fall in love, and she would probably try to, like, not let Blaney take it home. Yeah. <laughs> Eat another one at home anyway. It's fine. <laughs> Well, if you're all wrapped up, Delaney, then we're going to move on. But thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you for letting me. I love it. So I want to talk next to the person that gets a little bit of the um, downside of this podcast and we pick on a little bit. But this is something that he's going to talk about that I can say firsthand impresses me and uh, the first moment where I knew we could really be friends was when he made me his deep fried pierogies. Mm. Gordon, I want you to take over and tell me all about cooking and I don't care about the time. We're going to let you have the floor. God bless him. He's been worried. I'll cut my segments short. I'll do this. I'll do that. I want you to, I really want you to shine right now because I don't think these guys understand how talented you actually are. I mean, that might be a little bit of an over-exaggeration at some points, because there's definitely a lot to improve upon when it comes to the the cooking side of my profession, as I do full-heartedly prefer baking, Um, and I I do mean like cooking, not the other kind of baking. Um, Cough, cough. (laughs) The the one that makes you appreciate my kind of baking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I, I've been in love with cooking for God only knows how long. When I, um, much, much younger than I am now, not that I'm old, because I'm not, you are, but I'm not, um, as young, as (laughs) when I was younger, um, I can remember helping my mom, uh, she had a small, business quote-unquote that she offered to her friends that of making cakes and they were great cakes and i wish i had pictures prepared but i don't but i'll find some but she would make these beautiful wedding cakes or just cakes for anything and that's when i really fell in love with baking in general she made well, I should say my sister made a drawing of a cake. It was a three-layered cake, um, square layers, um, three layers tall, pink fondant on the uh, for the main icing with a uh, white rib with white buttercream border around each uh, corner. I should say or each line of the cake to accentuate the d- black curvy lines that were in or on the pink to give it a pop and flare that my mom used for a wedding I believe or I could be making all that up but I do <laughs> I do remember the picture being made and that picture is great um there we go I just found the cakes um she Probably my favorite cake she ever made, and I don't think anyone can disagree, would be the um, cake of a, the male appendage for a bachelorette party. 
Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. Fake making is very risque. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And um to correct what I just said, it wasn't pink fondant or frosting, it was white. Um but still my mom it was and still is a very talented baker. And here come some pictures in the chat just as proof of what I'm saying and why I was so in love with everything she was doing. As long as they upload. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, wow. Oh, I like that. That's really cool. I would That's... never thought of that as a cake design. It that was actually my brother's birthday party cake, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure that we he really wanted that, or we were obsessed with a small pool table we got for Christmas, and I'm pretty sure that's where that design came from. Um, I don't remember the golf cake, nor do I. Uh, can I really re? It was a ah, that was so my pop, pop was still alive. Yes, he was a great man. The basketball cake, um, couldn't remember, but the, the one I was trying to talk about was that three-layered white cake there. Mm -hmm. The drawing my sister did was with pink frosting instead, but those are sadly not edible flowers. Mm. At least I don't remember. They, they weren't to the best of my knowledge. They were still... I was going to... I was going to ask if those were real or if those were like food. I, I was going to ask the same thing because I thought the same. Yeah. In they the look like they could be. In the like, it might even picture. be real. Yeah. The roses. They look like they're real roses. So obviously not edible, but like just the fact that like. Well, they could be edible. They are edible flowers of almost sure. any kind. Everything's edible if you try hard enough. Sorry. That's true. <laughs> but I can say in the last picture I sent. Um, those are 100% fondant or buttercream, uh, poppy oh, flowers, I think they're called. That's really pretty. And that's where, I, I think this is what sparked my passion for baking in a whole, which is, I love just throwing stuff together and seeing what happens and messing around with the more scientific part of it, which is called microgastronomy, which... Oh, yeah. I, for those who don't know, one of my favorite things with microgastronomy is this magical powder that I can't quite remember the name of because it's, I used it in school and I have not gone to use it since. This powder can turn just about any um, substance that is similar to peanut butter, we'll use for example, a debate... like arguably a liquid um of sorts <laughs> and okay. turn it into a powder i have turned peanut butter into a powder interesting i've turned i think nutella into a powder <clears throat> what else i think we tried a butter garlic mix into a powder Ooh. There was a couple more, and then we tossed them on popcorn that we made that year, and it was really good. Like it, it, 
It was surprising because you could take a cup of peanut butter and a teaspoon, not even a teaspoon of this powder, would turn an entire cup of peanut butter into the powder. And the, the science behind it is the powder is so fine that it surrounds the individual molecules of the peanut butter and prevents it from sticking to itself. So it thence becomes a powder of sorts. Instead of its lovely, creamy substance that it used to be. Mm -hmm. Which is why you can use it on almost anything that's a spread. Um, one of the other things I love, I at least watch. I never got to participate in it because it stopped before... They stopped doing it at school before I got there. was chocolate spaghetti. Interesting. Which, which I shit you not. The chocolate was just as flexible as spaghetti. It it, it involves um, cooking the chocolate mixture precisely, adding in the chemicals that you need to add, and then uh, using a syringe or plunger of sorts, suck up the chocolate, attach a tube to the end, and then squeeze the chocolate into the tube and let it cool like that. Once it's cool, you use a plunger that has nothing in it, blow the, uh, use it to push air through the tube, and it pushes out a chocolate noodle, which is just like regular pasta after it's cooked. Very limp. It doesn't just fall apart in your hands. You can, you know, swing it around a little bit, and it's not going to fall apart. Tastes like chocolate, as you'd expect chocolate spaghetti to be. And I actively have the recipe in my cooking bag that I'm just waiting to use again one day, and I will definitely have to try to do that the next time we all get together. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And one of my favorite cakes to make is a, um, it's called a water cake. Um, can anyone guess how many oh. ingredients are in a water cake? Water. And it's it's like three. It's water, <laughs> butter, and brown sugar. I think you're so close. The number is so close. It's like two or three. I can't remember because I don't. It's been a while. The recipe that I found that I like to use is water. The third ingredient, which is third slash fourth, any kind of flavoring or coloring that you want to make the water. Uh huh. And then agar agar, which is arguably one of the best thickener agents you can use. Okay. As it is basically enough of that powder can turn anything into a thicker substance, except for water on its own. Um, yeah. I used it to make um, balsamic caviar during a pro start competition in my second year of uh, no, my first year of school no second yeah second year of school um which oh that is the reason i hate balsamic is having a cooking balsamic vinegar is one of the worst things in the world but uh <laughs> before i get off topic because i i very easily will um a, a, a water cake is pretty much um exactly what it is sounds like mm -hmm. it's just water that has been thickened to the point where it is can stay molded into the shape you want it to be in and it tastes relatively like nothing 
unless you flavor it. Right. And it, when you, some people are skilled enough to put designs like intricate flowers in it, which is all so beautiful. And <laughs> it, it is such a simplistic recipe and thing to do and costs little to nothing to make and adds so much depth and dimension to a regular cake that you're making by having the top layer be just a clear yeah i mean almost crystal clear layer granted it can't support much weight but as a top centerpiece it is beautiful and especially if you color it and have some fun with it it can really bring a baked dish together and i'll 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 have to make uh make you one one day steve and just like like i did with my pierogies which is it's nothing fancy like anyone can make these pierogies It, it is so easy okay but here's the thing and and i respect the fact that you're passionate about baking but i think you're doing what you really do and i think you're selling yourself a little short when i say i carmen i know you were a waitress dylan i know you're in you've been in food service when i tell you that this kid can run a line and can pump out I know that I know that, and I'm not trying to take away from the your passion about baking, what a, whatsoever. But I'll tell you, so sure is what he's saying. It, it, yes, it's a lot deeper than that. And yeah, oh, anyone can do the pierogies. No, they can't. Like, yeah, they're pierogies and whatever. But like, it's it's about the it's about the person that's doing it, and it it speaks to anybody that can can relate to. It's better when somebody else cooks for you. Like everything always tastes better. This is that's the epitome of Gordon. It doesn't matter if it's baking. It doesn't matter if it's. I've had his cakes. I've had everything. It, it it's it's synonymous. There's there, there, there's a difference between somebody who can just cook and somebody who like really puts all 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 of their all into the cooking. Like anybody can, you know. I can say I can attempt to bake. I'm not a baker. I can make something half decent come out of the oven. It's never <laughs> mm-hmm. going to taste like something that somebody is passionate about baking will ever come close to because you have that passion about it. You have that knowledge about it. You're putting a little bit of yourself almost in what you're cooking or baking and then giving to people. So you're almost like as cheesy as it is to say, it's just like you're giving them a piece of your love in the shape of food. your soul. Yeah. yeah. I do want to say, I could have never said it better myself. Sorry. I do want to say real quick before we hop over to the cooking part. Um, I just posted a picture in the discord for um, you guys to, uh, you should really go check out that, uh, his name is Reynold. Cannot pronounce his last name because of the uh, the culture it's from. Um, okay. He is from Australia. He participated in Master Chef, and his <laughs> desserts are otherworldly. I mean, that top one called White Noise. That entire yeah. thing looks white. The second you crack into something, it introduces a beautiful red. Um, I think it was a cherry bomb 
and it, okay. it, it is beautiful. The stuff he does is so beautiful. It is what I aspire to be as a baker. And I honestly have, in my future, planned to go to Australia just to go to his restaurant for these desserts. Nothing wrong with that. That is a great well, goal. And we do know that you'll tra- travel eight hours for a milkshake. So what you'll do for a dessert, we, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is so beautiful. Like that one in the middle called uh, Moss Desert. He uses uh, matcha, mocha, and he just makes these desserts come to life. And it is. Looks beautiful. I rewatch those videos so often. And they just always rekindle that fire of, God, I need to make something right now. <laughs> I love it. But I guess that's enough on baking because. I, I, I am a cook by trade and profession, and what I went to school for is cooking. Um, ah, oh jeez, I've been in four different kitchens, if you include the schools. Maybe five. We- I haven't really, uh, I, I, I know this isn't about c- cooking yet, but I just, a little background, I've, I've been in, uh, a small range of kitchens and each one is very different never find two restaurants or kitchens ever that are the same unless oh, they're yeah. owned by the same people yeah it's even then, there'll be little differences yeah exactly it, it really all depends even where i work now the staff that's working now has brought this place so much more joy mostly thanks to steve and more passion and fire into the kitchen than there was with the staff that came before them and i it's made the food go out faster it's made the food look better and it's just things are looking up and it can only get better from where they're at you know this means i need to drive four hours <laughs> to come out yes i'll make you my pierogies which is oh just my god deep fried oh you've never had a pierogi okay we're not thing. we're not gonna argue about that because dylan's uncultured. and we're not gonna um so <laughs> what i'm gonna you tell haven't... you what i'm gonna say is all my pierogies are are perfectly deep fried pierogies that only i can do because i fucking cook pierogies perfectly and i've never you had do. a single complaint about a deep fried pierogi from my any kitchen i've been in um we toss it in the magical substance that is butter alternative or whirl whatever your kitchen holds then you toss it in the very secret ingredient which is montreal steak seasoning mm. it's so <laughs> top secret <laughs> i'm so hungry right now i know i am too if you guys I'm ever I'm basically come... a pierogi because I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm drinking out of a mug right now that is no, I'm not even kidding. I have to post this on, yeah, on the chat. You won't believe it please, unless you please, see it. Please I'm drinking it. out of a mug that is covered in pierogies. You guys, Bobby, Carmen, if you guys ever come to the restaurant, you have to pop your head in. I'll gladly make you these pierogies. I love pierogies. We'll hold you to that, dude. Yeah, I, please. Sure. I, gl- I will gladly. I love those that's probably one of my favorite things to make because it's just so much you actually are 
I love it. I have a problem with collecting coffee mugs. Bobby tells me I need to clean out my cupboard. Oh, yes. Uh, there's going to be a coffee mug purge. This is a brand new coffee mug. I'm really excited. I just got Coming it, in Q1. It's, it's from a designer in Pittsburgh. Her name's Garbella, and she does, like, screen printing, designing, and has all these uh, fun Pittsburgh-themed items. So it tugs on my Pittsburgh heartstrings, and it's pierogies, and this... there's nothing better than that. I just realized I how it. horribly I spelled pierogies on the whiteboard for you in the morning, Steve. <laughs> it's fine. I can handle your bad spelling. Oh, I, I know. I, I've it, added it's like, so many letters to that word. Like, that all right, Carmen. There. Yeah. Carmen, you're bilingual. You understand. Uh, you, you understand. Because you, you know Spanish. I know Spanish, yeah. So this is essentially, I'm now bilingual. Because when Gordon, like today I was off, so Gordon ran the show. So tomorrow I run the show. Yeah. I now have a second language, and it's Gordon. Like I, I, I go in and I read the board, and I know exactly what he's talking about. It's a second language. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I do have to say, to add to what Dylan said about never having a pierogi, I'm going to say this, and this is controversial. I hate it. And I don't even think I told you this, Gordon. I hated pierogies before having Gordon's. Why? We would do we would do them at Ferndale Sportsman's. We would. My mom never did them. Like my mom never did them homemade. She just did like you know the store bought, which obviously the woman's busy. Yeah, there's them. nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing quite like a homemade pierogi. Yeah, or no stickers. You'll have to let me make yeah. stickers one day. I love making those. But no kidding, this is how much this changed. So I had when we were in new in our friendship, I had Gordon's pierogies, and I'm like, okay. I don't hate you as much as I did yesterday. Like we're, we're, we probably are now on the path to friendship because you can cook. <laughs> and then about two weeks ago, my mom made homemade pierogies. Yes, the first for the for the first time. And you did it. And I was like, Gordon, I didn't even know. And trust me, I was like a goblin, and I was I didn't even get a plate. I just sat in front of the refrigerator with like the lights off. Yes, like bag cheese, just eating these pierogies wholesale. Yeah. I, how I didn't choke and die is beyond me. But it's like your pierogies awakened me to it. And then my mom was like, hey, I'm going to try this too. And I'm going to, uh, here's what I'm going to say. Yours had, they were both so good though. Like, cause you were working with what you were working with. So yours weren't technically homemade. Yours were fire. Hers were homemade. But had like less of your seasoning ability. If that makes sense. Like they didn't taste Essentially, I, you and my mom need to co collaborate on a pierogi brand. <laughs> we will. And I can say I do like to think that I can season anything. Because you, you I, I know my palate isn't perfect. It's not perfect in the, by a long shot. There are so many flavors I dislike with a burning passion. But God help us keep this word true there is almost anything that i can't throw something on and make it taste better than what it was like you did with the sauce the other day and i we know got this went to really rough sauce well. and you fixed it yeah oh yeah we um so there was an issue with our sauce it was out of stock what we normally get so they sent us yeah. this extra heavy tomato paste so pizza it was sauce. literally paste with, it was literally paste it, there was nothing in it just tomato puree and just it's good and oh. it was so bad that with our manager friend names, our bartender our manager friend bartender manager friend 
ordered the first tromboli of her life from this restaurant with the Ever. sauce. And she's been working there for, what, six years now, Steve, almost? Oh, no, no, no. Homie, she's like uh, a little Has bit. She's like two years. Oh, two I, years. my misunderstanding. But still, two years, yeah. first tromboli. She said best tromboli she ever had and that the sauce was god-awful. <laughs> and I oh, just no. fucking used some... You, uh, you went to you went to town. I, I just used the, the one recipe that I, I've stolen and then modified to make it taste better. Which... Yeah. But if it uh, works, it works. I don't think any cook can call them a call themselves a cook and say that they've not stolen one or two of their quote unquote original recipes. Oh, I've stolen a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Like all the ones in my uh, uh, case are just recipes that I have taken and that I've just memorized what I changed in them so that no one else can re- replicate them but me. Because if anyone mm-hmm. else can make them, it's no fun. Then, then I, then I can't bring anything to the table. Yeah. <laughs> Where if yep. I'm the only one who knows them, then people can look forward to inviting me places. <laughs> like when I make my fudge for Christmas this year, I think everyone's gonna be very happy because I've worked, I've been working so hard on perfecting my fudge recipe that I think, I think everyone at the restaurant's gonna love it. You have Can you mail them? Same. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Send me your e- yeah. mailing address. <laughs> Just drive down again. Don't think I won't. I want to get another smoothie. I know you <laughs> <don't wait. laughs> Milkshake smoothie. I want one too. Bring one back for me. I don't you think it would make it. You because you would eat it or no, it's fine. Oh. I understand. <laughs> you get the restaurant private jet to send you out and back. Oh, now that's a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they listen to this. Oh, I know, I know. Maybe I have to cut that out. Yeah, let's no, cut it. Sorry, it'll be fine. No, they I don't care. Good, I mean, I think they have a good sense of humor. You know that oh. meme where they you hold your hand up and make the okay symbol. Like every single day, one our one boss will do that to anyone he can, and then laugh maniacally as he gets you to look at his hand. Yes, it's he under he understands that it's like a joke, and it's for yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not either. They if they can j- take if they can take jokes like they dish them out, they'll be fine. They'll be. <laughs> and I have um, been getting better at my uh, attempts for steaks and burgers and all that. I've noticed. But, but I think um, for when it comes to cooking, my one of my favorite things to cook, but I, I guess still it's baking because I cook in an oven, is uh, chicken. I arguably have never, when it comes to raw chicken that I have prepped from myself from the store or straight from a farm in certain cases... I have never undercooked or dried out chicken. I've always I do made have it. to say your 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 chicken is fire. I have to say. I have always made the best chicken for the situation. Whether it's using my own BS recipe, which is usually throwing every seasoning in the cabinet on it and then cooking it, and it comes out tasting like way too much basil. Um, <laughs> Or if it's following a recipe from work and then cooking it in our uh, smoker. 
it, it always comes out nice and juicy and just i i mean i they can hear this i took a whole breast out of the uh batch that i made just the other day and cut it up for all the all the cooks and we just snacked on chicken for a while <laughs> you gotta taste what you're selling you can't exactly. you can't put your name behind it if you don't know what you're selling it's quality control and i'm sure they right. understand <laughs> um which kevin john we appreciate your listener support and we love you um real quick i have one more question is there anything else that you want to say before i ask you one more question that's going to be a little bit of a heavier one. Um. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. Just a weird fact about me, for because I know a lot of people who work in restaurants dislike the organization, dislike b- having to organize and put away the truck. It is by far one of my favorite things to do in a kitchen. I'll go anywhere. Hell, they. Some a restaurant could call me in for a day and pay me just to organize their stock room, and I'd do it with a fucking smile on my face. <laughs> it is my favorite thing to do is to organize and optimize anything in a kitchen. I do it all the time to our fridge because Steve and Michi can't keep it organized, and neither can the servers. So <laughs> never ask a server to keep anything organized. I know it's it's a recipe for disaster. True story, bro. But I can't blame yeah, anyone that, that for is keeping probably, that... the fridge organized because there's so much crap shoved in there at all the time that it's and hard. that is probably the ser- that's probably the server in me. Like I, I'm not gonna <laughs> sit here and say you're wrong. Like I was mostly a server. I get it. And Michi just he, he's too young to understand. He's just young. He's just young. He just young. He doesn't understand how beautiful organized fridge actually is. He hasn't hit that age where it actually means something. Yes. Wait till you get to like be like an older adult, and then like organization in other areas of the home becomes like this thrill. <laughs> it already it already is for me because of my love for doing it in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Until it comes to my room, my room is off limits to anyone. That's touch. a different story. It's an organized chaos. But <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, like you'll see like somebody's like desk <laughs> set up, and you're like, oh, look at that organization. Oh, it's taking it's like, it gives you like electric later. feelings. Yeah. It is. There's like such a thrill of seeing like somebody how they organize like their their uh, kid's toy room, and you're just like, "Ooh, that slaps!" <laughs> I actually slaps. I actually follow accounts on Instagram that show like workspace setups for like computers and yeah, like, recording desks, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> when, I, when I get all my equipment for that stuff, like finalized and at, you know in person, I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna. It's going to change, like, every single day. <laughs> you'll find one that works, though. You'll stick with it for a little while, and then you'll get bored and be like, yeah, I need to feng shui this again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can never keep it. It's boring to keep it one way forever. Gotta change things up. I always get yelled at for rearranging my room, because, like, your room is, like, 12 feet by 12 feet. Actually, it's not even that big. Why do you need to change it every single day? It's like, because... Life gets boring when you live it in one way. Gotta right. gotta gotta open up to new avenues, new directions. Yeah. Word cotton coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I do have one last question for you, Gordon, and this is just my theory, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. We joke and we pick on you on this podcast and and whatever, and it's like kind of a whole bit, and it's it is what it is. But my theory is that you connect 
so much of your past and your present and your current relationships, you connect with people through food in ways that I think that you maybe are not able to articulate. But like, you know that if, like what you did when Lizette and Drew were in, you connected with them first through your food. Would you say that that has an impact on why it's so you're so passionate about it because you you truly do like connect people that way? I I would say that has some truth to it. I know that if let's say for example Dylan and Delaney were to come up for some surprise visit, not even a surprise, just a visit, just to say hi. And, you know, meet in a place that's not at his work at 2 in the afternoon when I drive down from Pennsylvania over a five-hour span there and back. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, if the, the best way to for me to, like, just express myself and get to know me is if just get in the kitchen and bake a, just a batch of chocolate chip cookies or anything that's just something nice and simple and it's just a very brings you together gets, lets you know you know who's in charge in the group <laughs> and uh, it's an act of, it's an act of kindness yeah it lets you uh just it, it just you get you experience so much whenever you cook with someone that you just really can't explain it it's just it's hits so, somewhere for me on a very personal and emotional level to cook with people, especially people I care about, because I can cook with anyone, but it's when, when it's with someone I really want to get to know or just have a connection with, uh, friends or otherwise, it truly does become less of just cooking and more of enjoying myself while doing something I love. I love that. That's great. And yeah. It makes a lot of sense. That makes good food. <laughs> it doesn't make good food. Difference why um, certain customers' food goes out better than others. Well, we're going to cut it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect time. Hey, um, when, a, when a friend's dad comes in and asks for his ribs in the best way possible, smothered in barbecue sauce, Put through the pizza and then smother it oh. again. I'm gonna do everything oh, I can to make those, those babies come out good. perfect. And those ribs out. are fire. Oh, I have to like, say, it's like sex. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's what it's, it's it's what it is. It is. We we have these great smoked um, ribs, and this guy gets whenever he gets them, he always gets them smothered in barbecue sauce. I'll set it through the uh, pizza oven then cover them again with bar more barbecue than send them out to them and it just looks so good every time yes that's how ribs are meant to be eaten i'm sorry <laughs> exactly yeah. if they're not One covered in sauce you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. i have to make well tomorrow now. <laughs> <laughs> gluten well, free too being... which oh, oh yeah God. by the way i uh <laughs> i like to think that i am really good at cooking gluten-free stuff i've actually catered a lot of my recipes as my mother is gluten intolerant and a lot of people oh. in my life uh just can't eat gluten whether it's celiacs or personal choices yeah so i have been adapted a lot of my recipes to accept gluten-free flour and they come out with little to no difference from the actual product 
Cool. That's great. And I mean, if you guys need anything gluten free, hit me up. I will gladly make it. I have like five pounds of flour that's gluten free sitting on my shelf in my bedroom because I don't want anyone else to touch it. <laughs> Get him on his dis or his Instagram. My Send him an order. <laughs> Send him an order. Reasonably priced pies and cheesecakes too, which apparently I'm really good at cheesecakes because everyone keeps asking me for more. Uh, one of our servers oh, has bought in two of them off of me now. One was uh, one was just a chocolate cheesecake, and the other one was a pumpkin pie cheesecake, which was cheese uh, New York style cheesecake on the bottom, covered with top uh, pumpkin pie. You can mail me that one too. <laughs> You'll have to come up for that. I don't mail pies. Oh, darn it. <laughs> I'll just bring it down with me my next trip. That works, too. <laughs> all right. With all of this being said, I want to <laughs> wrap it up because I, we have definitely run over, but it was the best episode to ever run over on. Um, if you were to ask me what I'm passionate about, it would be this. It would be exactly what happened here tonight. Um, when I started off on this, I never imagined that I would be right here doing what I'm doing. And it's the best thing. It's, it's, a, it's a light of my life. And having so many people that I love and care about like, become actual friends and communicate and share these stories and share these passions and just really have a safe place to land. I can't, I can't believe that this is where it's at. And so that's my passion and um, it's coming to fruition and it's an exciting experience. And I really hope that everyone that was on the show tonight and everyone that's listening to this understands the importance of community, understands the importance of you are not alone. There are people that are right there with you and are as excited about what you're excited about. And maybe they don't know a whole lot about it and they don't know anything about it, but they're excited because you're excited and they want to see you be happy and be successful. And you might ignite a passion in them they never knew they had. That's what this whole show has been about. And that's what we're working towards. And it seems like every time that we get together, it just the message is clearer and clearer that this is a beautiful thing that we have started. And I'm so thankful. And this is all I ever wanted it to be. And we're here and we're here with you that are listening and we want to connect with you better. Um, leave us a review, leave us a comment, join the discord server, please. There's so much stuff that happens there. And it's to the point where people from different areas of my life are, communicating in such a beautiful way where go people communicating within my life that I never thought I'd connect uh, Bob and Dylan becoming friends Lizette and Carmen becoming friends Delaney coming back into my life this has been a passion project that has truly just led to incredible things and has brought me so much joy and happiness and i'm so proud of it and i'm so proud to share it with everyone and 
Um, follow us on the Instagram. We have a subreddit. We have the Discord server. Uh, the link in the description if you want to try Audible. We have a 30-day free trial. We're so proud to offer you. I started using it. It's wonderful. Um, they're into podcasts and to books. It's, it's an incredible thing. And if it wasn't for all of us being together and being passionate together and passionate about being nurse, I don't think any of this would be possible. And it truly means the world to me. Uh, to have everyone here and to have you on the other end of this listening. I can't thank you enough, and I'll see you in the next one. Gordon, Lizette, are you guys as excited about the New Year's Eve special as I am? You know it, Steve. I mean, I know me and Drew are excited. We're both going to be there. And I think, Dylan, you're going to be there too, aren't you? You bet your shiny gold buttons I'll be there. <laughs> Guys, do you know who else? Carmen, you are you are coming. I don't... I'm so excited. Yeah, me and Bobby wouldn't miss it for the world. So this is going to be our first time doing a live event. And people that are listening can actually come in, join the chat... They can join in on a microphone or through text chat, and they can actually be a part of it. This is, like, the best way to end season one. I lost my left yeah. shoe no, thinking Steve. about it. <laughs> Did it knock your socks off? And Not to even have those shoe. on in the first place, so just a shoe. <laughs> just a shoe. What time is this going to start at? So we're looking at, because obviously we have to celebrate midnight so we're thinking around 10 or 10 30 we're gonna have more details to follow so this is really important if you want to be a part of our new year's eve special you have to get on discord or reddit you have to be a part of the community to be on i i can't explain how excited i am for us to be live we're gonna take your chats you can join in on the call tell us what you like about the show what you don't like this is going to be the most interactive we've ever been with anybody it's so exciting but Gordon, do you know what the real thing is? Is they have to have green room. Can you tell they them about green room? have to have green room. Green room is a l- lovely addition to Spotify where we are able to go live and just be able to record with all of you guys listening in. You guys can ask to speak with us. You can join us. You can join in the live chat throughout the whole thing. We can bring you on so you can share your opinion on our podcast or just your opinion on some random BS like we love to do on our podcast and just and, chill with us all night. And Liza, do you know what the best part is? What's if that? you li- Are you a listener to Spotify? Yes. If you have a Spotify account, you can just ho- download the Green Room app and immediately create an account. How easy is that? Oh, okay. So it just ties into the account that you already have for Spotify. Exactly. It's perfect. It's going to be like a two-second download process and then a two-second sign-in process. Okay. Carmen, I don't know about you, but I would really think that it'd be cool if some of our listeners would like either join in on the voice chat or through text and tell us New Year's resolutions. Are you big on New Year's resolutions? Not so much on uh, resolutions, um, but I just love being with friends and family. And I think it would be a great time to have uh, more of our friends and family who are listening be a part of this so that uh, we get to hear from everybody. And what's a better way than celebrating the new year? Then to start off with a group of friends that are all on the same page. Exactly. Dylan, 
I, I can't wait. Are you excited? I am. Like I said, I lost my I lost my left shoe, and I think the cat took the right. Oh my gosh! I should hopefully you're... find it in time. If not, like you said, I can join through Reddit or I can join through the Discord. I can't wait. Well, I will see you guys all there, and everybody listening. We hope to have you be a part of our special night. It's the season one finale. If you're enjoying the Let's Be Nerds podcast, please come join us and let's kick off the new year together and safely and social distance and just kind of be a part of a group where everybody's welcome and everybody's accepted. Hope to see you there. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasy Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds.